Hello and welcome to that film, Stu. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Following the conclusion of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a new MCU sequel film has been announced. Russell Crowe has announced who he'll be playing in Thor Love and Thunder. And we've got our first look at Shang-Chi. Uh, so very big on the Marvel stuff. That wasn't intentional, just happened, I swear. Um, but that'll lead us into trailer talk. So, uh, well, let's start off. You mentioned it there, Shang-Chi. And the legend of the Ten Rings. I should say, Chang, yes. Shang-Chi and the legend <laughs> of the Ten Rings. There was, is a... Yeah. A long time. It's it's not quite a subtitle because it says and. So if anything, it's it's one title. Um, yeah. So we've got a we've got the first trailer for this movie, um, which shows just what the master of kung fu is capable of. What do you think? It looks fun. Like this is you know the first trailer. Chang Chi as a character isn't one that I'm overly familiar with. I've read Avengers comics where he has appeared. So I'm looking forward to this movie to experience his character almost brand new. But from what I've seen in this trailer, it looks fun. The fight sequences are fast. We get a bit of uh, comedic relief from Aquafina, which is always welcome. Yeah, I think She's it looks doing like a best Sandra Bullock in a in a, <laughs> in speed. Like a speed motif. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, she's like the new Annie. That's great. Yeah, I think I think it looks fun, but you know, it's what a two minute trailer. The first thing we've seen, as well as this trailer, yeah. they put out the first uh, teaser poster, and we get to see Chang Chi in his costume for the first time. Look, costume looks pretty cool. It looks in line with sort of. You know, like not a crazy sort of superhero costume or anything like that, but it looks like something someone in the MCU would wear if they're going into battle fighting some bad guys. Um, and that's what you get in this, in this trailer. You've got, you've got Shang-Chi fighting bad guys. There's, you know, there's Kung Fu, there's martial arts, all that sort of stuff. So um, I guess, uh, you know, one takeaway is that the MCU is doing that thing again where, and of course we knew this would, this would happen, but doing that thing where it's like, Hey, here's a different, I guess genre, a different style of of uh, of stuff. You know, this is something we haven't really seen before. You know, we had something like Iron Fist. You know, one of those Netflix Marvel shows. But I guess this would be Marvel Studios' first outing into like the the martial arts sort of realm. It looks like you said. It looks fun. Nothing in this blew me away. Um, you would think that I would get super duper excited about finally seeing you know. You know, an Asian superhero on screen really does nothing for me. Um, I'm just like, you know, it's a cool new character that we get to get to meet. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I like the actor from Kim's Convenience. So it might take me a moment to sort of separate him from that role um, in this role. But hopefully it all comes together. It looks fine. You know, I'll, I'll be there opening night, just like you might be probably no i i will be i am for all the marvel movies yeah the title is interesting isn't it because for obvious reasons marvel is having to introduce new characters we've all seen endgame by now they're having to introduce some new characters (laughs) the title the legend of the ten rings i mean that's going back to the first iron man movie in that yeah in that series of films they they laughed it off. We get introduced to Ben Kingsley. They were like a terrorist group, weren't they? Yeah, but then in Iron Man 3, we got 
Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. And the Mandarin was apparently not real, and it was a hoax. The Mandarin is the villain in this movie. So I like that they're starting this new phase, but we're still getting ties to what's come before. But at the same time, we're getting this brand new character. I wonder if, um, you know, Travis Slattery will be back. Because if you remember, there was that one shot, um, when, you know, back when you know, Marvel were doing those, yes. where the real, it was like, you know, Travis Slattery was in prison and then he was visited by this guy who represented the real Mandarin. And, you know, he, he was telling him that he's like, uh, the Mandarin doesn't appreciate it being, you know, impersonated or, or something along those lines. And then basically Slattery was then taken away. So I wonder if he's been like, you know, held somewhere by the real Mandarin. Maybe. Maybe we'll see maybe. him pop up again. But in all honesty, though, maybe. that was Marvel <laughs> backpedaling all the way. <laughs> they, they I was commi- fine they, with the twist. But they committed will- to something in Iron Man 3 and fans... They got quite a lot of backlash, and Marvel just went, nope, and they put out that <laughs> short movie. <laughs> I mean, I I enjoyed that twist because, again, unexpected, you know, something different. But I am looking forward to seeing the real Mandarin. Yeah, me too. Doing what, he, doing what he does. So hopefully, um, yeah. So that's exciting, I guess. I mean, back in the 90s, I used to watch the Iron Man animated series, The Mandarin. He was the big bad in that. You know, he had his ten rings. But yeah, I'm, I'm into <laughs> seeing him on the big screen, for sure. Mm. All right, so Hitman's wife's bodyguard. <laughs> We've got Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, sorry, so that <laughs> title. <laughs> the, sorry, before you go any further. It, it's the Hitman's bodyguard, <laughs> the Hitman's bodyguard. I had a lot of fun with that movie, right? And then there was talks of a sequel, and this was the title they said they were going to go with, and I thought it was a joke. But no. It's happening. It's real. Sticking to it. I need to tell you something. I still haven't seen the Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, mate, it is a lot of fun. It it really is. But it's action comedy. I I I get that. I get that. But I watched this trailer, and you know, it caught me up enough. I'll go back. I'll watch. I'll watch that first film. But in this, so we've got Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson uh, back. Um, obviously, I do know they were in that first movie. Um, on another life-threatening mission in the action-packed trailer for Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. So we've got the wife of Samuel L. Jackson's character. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's been kidnapped. Yes, you need to go watch that first movie. It is, it is a lot uh, of fun, and she played a big part the tone, in the first movie. The tone, so she's actually in the first movie. She yeah, well. she plays, probably, yeah, she's his oh. wife in that movie. Yeah, I mean, this I is a direct the character for the sequel. No, and oh, that's no, what, this is the thing. They introduce the character now. That's why the title just sounded ridiculous to me. We're doing a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard. What's it going to be called? Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? Maybe? Question mark? <laughs> At least the character already existed. That's, that's a good, you know, I appreciate that. But no, look, the tone of this trailer, not only does it kind of make me want to watch this movie, obviously, but it really encourages me to go back and watch that first movie. So if anything, this trailer succeeds at doing more than, you know, more than it should be done. I've been good on them. I've been watched the first one a couple of weeks ago. It's on Netflix. No excuse. It's on there. Check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds in a good way. Like he's, and we like that. We like that. Don't we? Well, essentially what they've done, they've made an action comedy 
they've got to Ryan Reynolds said, hey, we want you to do that thing you do. They've got to Sam Jackson, hey, can you just do that thing you do? That's the movie. And it works really well. <laughs> Easy done. It's, it's Easy. a lot of fun. And what's the actress playing the, the wife? Um, oh, it's Salma Hayek. It is, yes, yes. The name was slipping my mind. I don't know why, even though I literally watched the trailer moments before um, we started recording today. <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> yeah, very, she's very memorable. We've all seen Desperado. Oh, like, I know Selma Hayek. That's just the <laughs> name. So, you know, sometimes you get those mind blanks. But look, it looks really, it looks fun. And hey, again, it's making me want to go back and watch that first one. So, you know, tick, tick, tick. Here we go. All right. Um, Fast and Furious 9. We've got Justin Lin. He sees Fast and Furious 9 as part of a trilogy with Fast 10 and 11 that will conclude the saga's final chapter. So I guess this is the start of the end. Yeah, the start guess, of the final. Yes, yeah, so he's making a, a trilogy, which is going to finish off. But what is it? This is, saga. this is the second, third trailer by now. Obviously, we've had delays. So they probably... Maybe, no, no, second. This is the second Just trailer. the second? Just the oh, second. Cool. And it's it's quite a, it's longer than than the first trailer. We get a lot more what, what, in this one. And this sorry, this one they go to space. Well, at least it looks as though <laughs> that's the direction they're heading in. They're in to get it. They're in to get it. <laughs> what I got from this mostly though was this, this trailer seemed very like tonally more in line with you know like their running theme of family and you know the relationships and all yeah. the drama. They seemed to focus on the drama with quick snippets of the action sort of towards the end. I like, yeah. I appreciated that. I was like, okay, cool. That's what, that's what Fast and Furious always is. It's about family, drinking Coronas, drama, (laughs) action. (laughs) That's, that's what it is. But I like it in this, you know, you've got John Cena and the whole thing, as you say, is that they're a family, but then it's like, no, Cena is his actual family. It's his brother. Mm. And you get extra conflicts. Of course they do. (laughs) It looks fun. It looks fun. I I enjoy these movies. I really do. Last year, I was starting to do a full rewatch. But I hit pause when this movie got delayed. I only got as far as Tokyo Drift. But I'm looking at continuing from four onwards. And then I'll rewatch Hobbs and Shaw as well, which is a lot of fun also. I'll tell you what I'm doing. So, like... So I think I've only watched, I think the first Fast and Furious. I might've seen bits of the second one. And then of course I've watched Hobbs and Shaw to do a review with yourself, but I haven't seen the rest of them. I've just seen, you know, trailers, snippets, you know, bites of the craziness and ridiculous that the, that the series has sort of gotten to. Um, for rewind and review at some point before this comes out, I will be starting obviously with Fast and Furious, but, on a personal, I will watch every single one. I'm going to do it. At least I'll, I'll try. Um, I'll, I'll keep I want to commit eye, to doing it. I'll keep an eye on my emails and for an invite on that episode. <laughs> Fast and Furious, man. I'm there for it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I feel, like, I feel like reviewing that original one, though, would, would just be like, Okay, yeah, so in this movie, they're just, you know, they're, they're racing the cars and, you know, the, there's this drama and... They're stealing uh, VCR players. Or was it yeah, DVD players? It's just, it's, it's so weird, is it? We're not going to be able to talk about, you know, like, oh, they're going up against this agency and, the, you know, like, you know, there's a fighter jet and that tank's flying and there's that giant magnet and now I mean, they're going... That's, that's like, what's interesting because... So 
I mean, if you go back to that first movie, it started off as being essentially a remake of Point Break, but instead of extreme sports, it was fast cars. And then Vin Diesel didn't come back for Too Fast, Too Furious, but Paul Walker did. Nobody came back for Tokyo Drift except for a cameo from Vin Diesel at the end. And then years later, they did Fast and Furious, which was the fourth movie, where all the original actors came back. It wasn't until Fast and Furious 5, the first one with Dwayne Johnson, it started to become what you know it to be today. So it's a bit of a journey that you go on. It's five and then six, seven, eight, and then you're going to get this new one. So again, this is almost like the start of another trilogy. So this could, maybe this is like the Fast and Furious space trilogy. Maybe this, you know, this is the start of them in space. And then who knows? By 10, they're like (laughs) in an intergalactic (laughs) war. What what can you do? Racing, pod races and... Fast and Furious pod racing. (laughs) (laughs) They keep making them. I'll keep watching them. (laughs) Awesome. All right. um, Our last trailer to talk about is The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. So the Warrens are back with a new case of demonic possession. Um, And, of course, The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Or The Conjuring 3. Or what movie is this in this universe? It's hard to know because... (laughs) What was it? Annabelle Come Home? What was it called? Home from Home? What was that third Annabelle movie uh, I don't called? Know. Annabelle Far From Home or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, Comes Home. That's Annabelle right. Home. I'm getting my Annabelles and Spider-Man mixed up. <laughs> I mean, they're all the same movie. That's we had The right. Conjuring, Annabelle, we had, Annabelle. We had Conjuring 2, Annabelle Creation. Uh, we had The Nun, The Weeping Woman. Um, was think, there another one? No, Annabelle think, Comes I, Home. Yeah, I think that's all of them. Yeah, but was we talked it? about yeah. before that it was strange that Annabelle being a spin-off, yet yeah, she got to her third movie before The Warrens. Now Although The Warrens featured heavily in that one, so... They I, really did, but technically... Though, I didn't fight it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I really enjoyed Annabelle Comes Home, even though I forgot what it was called. I knew at home in the title. <laughs> but this one, though, the focus is actually on The Warrens. Once again, I really enjoy... I mean, the first two Conjuring movies of the Conjuring universe are still my favourite. The second one, yeah, particularly sure. with the Enfield Haunting, really like that movie. But this one looks good, but it looks to be different. So this one isn't a haunted house, which is what we've had previously with their films. Yeah, there's sort of like an issue with uh, this one character. Like, I think it's like a, is it like a murder or, or something like that, and, and they're... they're obviously trying to you know work out is this kid innocent and obviously the whole idea with the title suggests the devil made me do it you know like i guess there's a debate you know like it was this person influenced by the devil when this murder happened therefore is it his fault or not ah drama sounds good um overall this trailer looks kind like it looks a lot darker than what we've previously gotten which is strange coming from you know like horror series but i think because we're not dealing directly with a haunting and we are dealing you know with the subject matter of i guess satan the devil and it's 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 a it's a murder case essentially like overall tonally it it just seems very dark in nature and in subject matter um at the same time also quite it looks like there's quite a lot of like 
I don't want to call it action, but just like a lot of fast paced sort of things like the, the, the octane is up on this. So this one could stand out from the rest. Yeah. I'd say like you said, very different, good. very different. It's scary. Um, all right. Well, that's it for, do you have anything else to say about the, that trailer or you're good? Oh, well, just before we move on the DC comics project, I thought I just want to mention that we're getting a five part monthly limited series that is going to be a prequel to this movie. It's called the conjuring the lover. So this is going to be a DC comics imprint and an official tie in to this movie. It's something very different for DC comics. And I thought it was just worth mentioning. They look to have a lot of top talent working on that. I believe Scott Snyder is involved who, you know, has a lot of success with Batman and various other series for DC. But yeah, but it's all in-house, isn't it? You know, it's Warner Brothers, New Line, DC. It's all the same thing. Oh, people, they, they can organise those meetings quite easily. But interesting that the, the Conjuring franchise has made it to comic print. It looks Very to be the start of a new horror series, like a new imprint that's not just going to be The Conjuring, but other like horror stories as well. But this is where they're looking to start. Pretty cool. All right, so you've officially done it. You've um, you've created a streaming service news uh, segment. I'm so happy. At least. I mean, I mean I've been we've essentially talking. been doing that. <laughs> I've been talking <laughs> about it for the last the last few movie shows, and I said you've like officially hey, put the title in the notes. It's it's yeah. fine. I mean, it it literally is streaming service news. I thought I'm not going to try and okay. fit it anywhere else. <laughs> All right. So what we've got here. Um, Sony and Disney have reached a deal that will finally let Spider-Man movies come to Disney+. Plus. So from 2022 to 2026, Sony's new films will get their first post-theatrical run on Netflix. And we discussed this on our previous show. Um, following that, the movies will be eligible to go to Disney streaming services or cable channels owned by Disney. Additionally, older Sony movies, including the Spider-Man, Jumanji and Hotel Transylvania films, are also going to Disney Plus and Hulu. Um, immediately, what is interesting about this is that, well, up until now, Disney Plus, uh, I mean, Disney aren't paying anyone for their content. They own everything that they are putting out. So for them to go to Netflix and say, hey, we're willing to pay you, obviously, when the time is right and appropriate um, for some of your content, that would be the first time that Disney's doing that on their platform i mean we talked about last time how it's interesting what sony is doing like when all the other big studios are starting up their own streaming service just two weeks ago when we we're talking about it sony had teamed up with netflix and now here we are like they've extended that deal with disney plus so it's an interesting model that mm. sony are going with but we mentioned hulu there that's clearly just coming in the us for us here in australia Disney Plus, we're going to get to see Jumanji on Disney Plus, which is quite strange. I can't, yeah, like the fact that they're paying for third-party content essentially is is quite weird, but I guess, you know, it must be getting a pretty good deal. They must see it as something warranted, um, you know, but, but at this rate, if Disney just buys Sony, we'll be, you know, we'll be easy. 
<laughs> is he done? Or their film division anyway. But yeah, again, as we spoke about, you know, the Netflix deal last last fortnight in our last episode, um, it was just the first 18 months of the streaming, uh, yeah, I guess the streaming window or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Netflix and Sony have that deal in existence. And then past that 18 months, Netflix, uh, Sony, sorry, would be free to, then shop around again to, I guess, the highest bidder. But at least Disney have jumped in and been like, "Hey, we'll we'll take you up on on that." So Sony have got themselves in a good position. They've got some, you know, some studio ducks in a row. I guess mm, definitely. And Which I just want to add them. as well: this is not official, but I've heard rumours that Warner Brothers are looking at phasing physical media as of I think like twenty twenty two. Which is not far That's away. So soon. And look so soon and really upsetting. But then I've heard contrary information saying that's not the case at all. But but the, the rumor is stating that they're looking at phasing out physical media and just putting all their content on HBO Max. And what I'd say to that, if that generally is what they're looking at doing, you've got to go international. You can't just keep it US only. Mm. You just can't. Well, what's going to happen to my my? I say that to any. Yeah. What's going to happen to my to DC your... animated movie collection? Like, oh, I, I buy all that's, them. That's the I don't I just mean, want to watch them online. They, I would be kind of okay, I guess, if they were like, okay, um, you know, older catalog physical media. We're no longer going to be investing in like you know older films and TV shows and stuff like that. Putting them on physical media, but I think like still for like new movies and stuff give people the opportunity to purchase that movie and have the physical copy of it and then you know and it's sort of like look if you miss your window to buy it when we first bring it out then that's sort of it you know and i mean in all honesty there is going to be a time where there's not going to be an audience for it the customer is just not oh. going to be there but I know, it's yeah, not i know that's going to come but, but that's uh, not 2022 that's not next year. <laughs> that is do you know what I mean? Like but they we're talking decades. And yeah. you know, I, I like physical media still, I know you do as well. But there's gonna be generations after us that it's just not gonna be a thing at all. But again, that's just a rumor at this stage, and I've I've heard conflicting reports, so very much just a rumor. All right, so let's get into um, movie news. And uh, if you want to start us off, what have we got? Director Andy Musciati has shared that production is underway on The Flash, and we've got our first look at the logo. Which looks pretty cool. It's the Flash symbol. <laughs> See if you've seen it before, you've got an idea of what it looks yeah, like. But there's a few lightning bolts cool. sort of on there. <laughs> it does look cool. It's nice and crisp and shiny. That's not the only Flash news, though. That was just my... My leading. Though he suggested he was hesitant to reprise his role as Batman in The Flash due to COVID-19 concerns, Michael Keaton's talent agency confirmed he's officially joining the production, which is shooting very soon in the UK. We talked about before on the podcast how Michael Keaton was very much a part of this movie. And then after that, there had been some concerns he had around COVID. But now, apparently, it's happening again. So, number one, his his initial concerns and stuff, completely fair and warranted, you know, like, 
uh, again, like you look at the age of the man, he obviously needs to put his health first, all that kind of stuff. Completely, completely fine. Um, now I'm not sure if, I can't remember if we discussed this or not when, you know, he was having these concerns and you know, I think this does paint a picture that his role in this movie is not going to be that large if it is a case that he could be in it, he could not be in it. I'm glad that he is in it, even in any sort of portion. It's fantastic. Awesome. I'll take him as Batman again any day, any day of the week. I'll I'll take him. Um, I mean, if it was a bigger role, I mean, I guess they could could have switched him out with with another Batman of, of... you know, the past or something like that. But I think, yeah, I think it does paint a picture that the role wasn't ever going to be anything too major. I mean, it's hard to say because this movie has been written so many times. But when we were talking about him being a part of the film, he was going to be more than just appearing in the Flash film. They were talking about him being like a Nick Fury character within the DC EU. He was going to be mentoring Barbara Gordon in a solo Batgirl film, and he was going to have other appearances as well. So whether that's changed or not, I'm not sure. But this is still said to be a movie that's going to have Michael Keaton as Batman, Ben Affleck as Batman. But until we start seeing you know, behind-the-scenes pics and things like that, we're not really going to have a, a full idea of what the movie is going to be. But when you were talking about, you know, if Keaton couldn't do it, you're like, what else are we going to do? I thought you were going to start saying things like, do they go to Val Kilmer? Do they go to George Clooney? Because Michael Keaton wasn't the only 90s Batman in live action. That's true. I mean, I figured the next option would have been, hey, Christian Bale, what you're doing? Oh, yeah. How you feel about it, whether he'd be up for it or not, you know, would be interesting. For me, that's missing the point, though. To be honest, because oh, I mean, the, I mean, the idea had, is to get Michael Keaton back as yeah, Batman, and, and that's that. a, that's the thing. But from that particular the Tim Burton era, Batman, yeah, and the Tim mm. era of Batman, even though he was only an executive producer on Batman Forever, it was a continuation of what he started in '89. Either, either way, Michael Keaton seems to be back on board, so all good stuff. Oh, yeah. um, given the DC though, just before we move on to uh, all this epic Marvel news. I'll put that out there. Um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Uh, Lucy Liu has been cast in the film. She will play the villain Calypso, the sister of Helen Mirren's Hespera. Did I say that right? Hespera? Hespera? I've always seen it written on the page. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, comic book characters. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. That's it for DC. Now we're going to move on to Marvel. Captain America 4 is officially in the works with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman and writer Dallin Musson set to co-write the script. Just want to say, we're not going to speak to the TV show Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll leave that because it's only just aired Friday last week. I don't want to give any, any spoilers, but it, we needed to talk about the fact that we are going to get a Captain America 4. We know how Endgame ended. Nobody should be expecting Steve Rogers as Captain America. What a fourth movie. Yeah, I mean, obviously difficult to discuss this story um, in full with our full thoughts without giving too much away. But, I mean, I, I guess what we, we can say is that 
you know, how Falcon and the Winter Soldier sort of ends. I mean, yeah, the possibilities are there for this fourth movie not to be about Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, Captain America, but, um, you know, a new Captain America sort of taking the mantle, which will be an interesting take. Unless, of course, this is some crazy prequel sort of set again like set between infinity war and endgame or some bullshit like that but i don't think that's the case no We've got the show I mean, of this yes. show exactly yeah. just wrap the whole idea yeah. is to continue from there um but who knows you know chris like steve rogers could be on the moon the just thing like they've right, been saying i <laughs> In the comics, that's where Nick Fury is. But anyway, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's where he is. He's on the. Is the new one? Uh, I mean, wait, they're hinting at it. Who knows? Wait, we don't. Um, know. We don't know. I again, without without saying who is the new Cap, and we always knew that was going to happen going into Falcon and Winter Soldier. We knew we were going to end that series with a new Captain America. In the MCU, Steve Rogers' Captain America is my favorite character. It really is. I don't know how excited I am about a fourth Captain America it, movie at this stage. It makes it it makes it difficult, isn't it? Because it it really isn't like it really isn't the fourth Captain. It's like watching you know that Jason Bourne movie with you know Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not. I mean, no. You know, no connection to the MCU or whatever, but I'm it's, it's like the waters. I'm sorry, yeah, generally. You know, yeah, where, but it's like you've got this series of films, and then something it's like, okay, it's the same series of films, it's a sequel or whatever it was, but it's about this new character, whether that character is taking on the mantle, and and again, like whether we've been introduced to this character already, we now know more about this character. Now, again, I'm not using any specifics. I'm Without broad, spoiling it, like, people people know we've been introduced to whoever it's going to be already. I mean, the difference is <laughs> the fact that Marvel have just spent six hours leading up into a fourth Captain America film. Do you think that you think that's intentional? I mean, I know we'll discuss this more on our actual, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier episode. Uh, 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 sounds like comics episode, but um. Do you think if they had just been like, okay, we got Avengers Endgame, now we're doing, uh, we did Spider-Man, now we're doing Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, um, and then uh, we're going to do a Captain America 4. And it was just like, whoa, you know, like, just straight into it. Here we go. You've just got to accept it, whatever. Do you think they've done this because they're like, we need to make people excited and more accepting of this new character being, well, not new character, but this this character being the new Captain America, do you think that was, was that the whole plan for this series? I mean, is that the point of this series? Potentially. I mean, keep in mind, if not for delays due to COVID, Falcon was going to be the first MCU show on Disney plus. It just so happened that one division was ready to go and they released that first. Yeah. But yeah, I reckon they were trying to, get people excited for a new Captain America film. But what confuses things even more, though, Chris Evans, he's apparently returning, which is mind-boggling to me. But Evans' return as Captain America will reportedly be in a separate project from Captain America 4. So we could very well have Captain America 4 and then a whole other project where Chris Evans is back as Steve Rogers. We don't know if that's going to be him out of time, which I think is likely, 
because there's a lot of story to tell there. But I really thought it was done. And again, these... <laughs> Old not... Man Steve on the moon with Nick Fury. <laughs> these are not confirmed reports at this time. But there's a lot of conversation, you know, on the back of Captain America 4 with Chris Evans making a separate film. Who knows? Yeah. At the very Ooh. least, we're getting Captain America 4 and it's clearly spitting out of Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier. Again, with that same, with that showrunner obviously at the helm, there's that connective tissue. And the actor. The showrunner, the writer, the actor. It's definitely spinning out of that TV show. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. All righty. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. Now, we, we've got... We know Russell Crowe has joined the cast as a character, but we were like, we were like, who? Nobody knows. He's come out and just just told everyone. I think it was a was it a tweet or something? He was like oh, saying it was his last day. He was on. He was on an Australian radio show. Oh, fantastic! It was something. <laughs> I'm glad you know. Um, but yeah, he, he basically said he, he was he was enjoying you know whilst he working on the project. It was his last day of production. It was great. And he just blurted out that he was playing the character the Zeus. As in yeah. Zeus. <laughs> As in Zeus, which is, you know, Zeus, you think Olympus, not Asgard. So that's, that's interesting. Now, we know that Christian Bale is the big bad. He's the god killer in this movie. I Zeus thought, honestly, yes. So I don't think this is going to be Russell Crowe sticking around for quite a while. I think he's going to be gone fairly quickly. I think we're going to see Bale's character killing a lot of gods leading up to the Asgardians. And Zeus oh, that's, is going to yeah, be one no. of them. That's what I think the story is going to be. But until he said he was Zeus, I thought it was just going to be another actor in what we first saw in Thor <laughs> Ragnarok. That's right. So at least here, you know, like he'll, he'll be pretty epic and... I guess yeah, like to have to have a character sort of take him out just to elevate that character. Pretty yeah, good purpose, good role. See you later. It's been if a that's while. what happens. I think that's what it's going to be. It's been a while since I've read that series. Okay. I think the character is. I think it's like the God Butcher. It's something like that. That's who Bale's playing. But with with Zeus, like Hercules and stuff, like has featured in sort of Marvel the Marvel Universe, the comics and stuff yep. like that. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're all on the table. It could know, be a way, it could even be a way of introducing Hercules. Like his dad, Zeus, could be killed. And he's introduced in this movie and then we see him later on in another another series or film. What we need is another bloody Hercules movie, but a Marvel-based one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the last one I watched starred Dwayne Johnson. If you've not seen it, don't watch that one. Nah, they're all- it's pretty, it's pretty shocking. We just, we just need a we just need that Disney live action remake and there's only one there's only one Hercules. Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Yes. <laughs> the legendary journeys. Let's let's carry on. Spider-Man No Way Home. Let's keep it Marvel. That was the point. We're in our Marvel segment now. Alfred Molina confirmed he'll return as Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man No Way Home. His story takes place right after where it left off at the end of Spider-Man 2, back in 2004. I need to need chime in with a, with a note of discretion here. So you, what he said exactly was that, was that upon early talks with like director John Watts, 
the intention, again, during early talks was to have the character pretty much pick up exactly where he left off. Whether that had changed, though, over the course of production and all this time, you know, is possible, is possible. But, I mean, I guess he would know, though, wouldn't he? This is the latest is information. This is the latest yeah. information. He's, you know, the conversations have obviously progressed since then. And we've heard for a while that characters from previous Spider-Man films are going to appear in this Tom Holland movie. I'm, I'm starting to, and you know how I feel about this, you know, I, I really don't want all this connective multiverse stuff sort of happening. I know we're, we're leaning into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of, multiverse of madness and all that. So obviously it's going to be the case, but I was like, ah, oh, just, make up like new multiverse kind of stuff and have like Easter eggs, like the same actor comes back and plays a character, but don't necessarily make it the same character. Yeah. Cause once they do it, it's just, it just gets a bit too complicated and it becomes it's gimmicky. Just, and yes. Gimmicky. That's what I was going to say. It's I gimmicky, I, it's I'm not keen. That's it. But it sounds like they're doing it. So I guess I might as well just start to accept it. I do believe in this, in this Spider-Man movie though, I think, It'll be a lot of minor stuff, a lot of setup, and then the Doctor Strange movie will be where it's all multiverse crazy stuff. I still don't think we'll see other Spider-Men from movie movies past. For me, yet. you don't, don't necessarily know. you don't need to if you're having the villain and their actor. For me, that's enough connective tissue. It's, it's obvious just, already. Let's just, let's just assume like. This is what they're doing, right? Okay, so you, you've got you've got this Doctor Octopus character. He, you know, he he sacrifices himself to sort of undo what he sort of was doing, and kind of saves the day. Dies sort of a tragic hero sort of thing, or so we so we thought. Obviously, maybe like whatever he did there transports him to this new universe. What happens when he meets? you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is he going to be like, hey, you're not the Spider-Man I know. Things are a bit different here. Why do you well, actually yeah. look like a child? <laughs> Toby McGuire look, never looked like a child. No, he's like an old man. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. The, the bit on the roof in Spider-Man 2, you're like an old man then. Unfortunately. Anyway, unfortunately. He, was, he was concentrating, trying oh. to get his powers back. But it, yeah. yes, I mean, it's oh, clearly... Your webbing isn't, isn't natural, doesn't come out of your... Your wrists. That is a good point. Pathetic. That was. A, oh, that how do they explain shit like that? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't we, make any sense. Again, anyway, this Doc Ock, he's more. just gonna be like, he's gonna be like, okay, so I'm in this new universe. It's a different year. Like, not only is everything all bloody wacky, but it's like I don't know. There was a there was an intergalactic being that wiped out half the universe, and everyone's back, and the world's still sort of recovering, and oh, there's hundreds of superheroes not just the one i don't know it's just like the flash we need to know more there's a lot (laughs) of guesswork going on because you know that's part of the fun i guess but we just don't know i think i'll I'll try and stop being negative about it but but i hate it i'll just tell you i hate it oh it wouldn't be my first choice but you know let's wait and see (laughs) all right let's talk about starlight so we'll move away from Marvel, DC, all of that. Um, we've got Joe Cornish from Attack of the Block. Um, he signed on to write and direct a feature adaptation of Mark Miller's space hero comic Starlight for 20th Century Studios. 
It has been described by Miller as both Flash Gordon meets The Dark Knight Returns and Buzz Lightyear meets Unforgiven. As the story follows a space hero named Duke McQueen, who saved the universe 35 years ago, but when he came back to Earth, no one believed his fantastic stories. Now an aging family man, he finds himself called back to the skies for one last adventure when his old rocket ship shows up. I'm going to say this. I'm familiar with the comic. I've not actually read it, but it sounds really good. I'm yeah, I've it. heard I've heard <laughs> this title. I might have even seen a couple covers, if it's not just the one. Um, but it sounds kind of it sounds kind of bonkers. But and and with those kind of comparisons to what you know, it's this meets this, kind of cool. Like, well, slide you meets Unforgiven. Yes, please. And an yeah. aged hero talking about these adventures that he had however many years ago. People don't believe him, but then he goes with one last adventure. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> and Mark Miller, you know, the guy that gave us Kick-Ass, Wanted, Kingsman. Mm. You know, he's done work for DC, Superman, Red Sun, Marvel. Uh, what was it? Captain? Oh, he did Civil War for Marvel. Yeah, like I'll take more Mark Miller property stuff sort of whenever I can. And yeah, and if the, the concept sounds good, you know, even with a with a shitty concept, I'll I'll take Mark Miller, but with, with a good concept as well, that sounds really decent. Like that's a bonus. So I'm all for it. Sounds pretty cool. Joe Cornish, the only film I believe I've seen of his is Attack the Block with John Boyega. Did it years ago. Nick Frost is in the movie as well. The London-based alien invasion movie. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, this yeah sounds really good. Indiana Jones Five. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on our last show. Pretty sure there was some casting then as well. Now there's even more casting. Mads Mikkelsen has joined the cast. He will star alongside Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Of course, yeah, we talked about her last time. And this movie will not be directed by Steven Spielberg, but will be directed by James Mangold. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, so he's playing the villain, right? Usually, over over this past <laughs> um, this past week, I've rewatched Indiana Jones, all oh, four of them. Yeah, and the fourth one I rewatched today. It's the first time since I saw it at the cinema. I finally rewatched it, and, and still, and how do we feel? Ooh, I still strongly dislike Shia LaBeouf as <laughs> Mutt Williams or Indiana Jones or Henry Junior the Third or whatever. Yeah. Struggled with him as a character, but I guess I enjoyed it more the second time around. Just the fact that it's still Spielberg, he's still using um, that the techniques and the effects that they would have used back in the day, and it really adds to the quality of the film. I'm more optimistic about a fifth movie. Shia LaBeouf doesn't seem to be attached to this movie. I'm going to tell that as a good sign. <laughs> I'm more optimistic since Crystal Skull, the rewatch, should I say. I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I guess we talked about it last time, but Mads Mikkelsen, you know, is, is a good actor, so that's fine. I mean, yeah, look, uh, always go with talent. I mean, unless we, until we find out anything about his character, there's nothing more we can really say, but, you know, he's a talented guy. Um, he, he makes a pretty fine villain. If, he, if he's not a villain, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. He's a good actor, but... I'd be shocked. I'm, just, I'm putting my money on 
he's the villain because yeah. Well, let me think. Yeah. When <laughs> when wasn't he the villain? Was what did we Star see Wars, in last? Uh, I'm trying to think. We no, last saw him in Chaos Walking villain. Rogue One guy? was it? Was it him in? Was it him in Rogue One? Wasn't he the dad? That's right. Yes. Okay. And he was. That was the last time. That's. Was... But I think that's the only time I can think of. And that stood out for that reason because I was like, he's not a bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, he probably turned into if he survived. He could didn't he die in that movie? If he had survived, he probably would have turned to the dark side, become a Sith Lord, <laughs> just like Jar Jar Binks. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, Jar Jar's gone. Let it go. Jar Jar's gone. <laughs> he's never coming back. Yeah, he's gone to the dark side, never coming back. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em. I have no idea. Talking to my ass. Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> Robots. Vin Diesel will play a father who, along with his son, bonds with a robot in a film adaptation of the classic toy Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Ridiculous, but it's real. <laughs> it's really happening. I mean, didn't Hugh Jackman do this already with that film? I mean, that Real was... Steel? Yeah, I mean, that was... That was Rock'em Sock'em Robots, wasn't, wasn't it? it? It was It was like it's... you control these robots and they fight in a ring. It was... But now we're going to get a blue robot and a red robot, I guess. I mean, they better bloody be red and blue. <laughs> they have Otherwise... to be. That's the whole point. <laughs> and they have to look as blocky as possible. Otherwise, yeah. again... And Vin Diesel is going to be in it. So that's good. <laughs> I like I really driving fast cars, so that's it's always good to have more I'm really, uh, <laughs> I'm curious on on the tone of this. Like, is it going to be like like a family movie kind of? You know, like we got to win the competition, and it's all like cheers and happy endings. You know, like Vin Diesel sort of pacifier fire style, or is it going to be like this? intense action drama like sci-fi thing more in line with real steel um, not oh, that, i thought I, I thought you were going i'm not saying there, that was a good movie but i mean i enjoyed that for the most part but i thought yeah. i thought you were going somewhere in particular then by talking about tonally the age group is going for you called out the pacifier for sure i thought you were going to talk about the iron giant tonally maybe that's oh, what yeah. you're going for but he's not playing a, he's not playing one of the robots is he He's going to be like the blue robot. No, he's the dad. He's the dad of the kid. Dad, dad, the dad. Let's, let's just wait and see on that one. But I thought tonally, kids movie, Iron Giant. I'd want more of that than Pacifier. Let me put it that way. <laughs> let's see. Spaceman is a, an upcoming film that we've not talked about on the podcast because it was first talked about when we were on hiatus. We've got some more casting news. Kerry Mulligan is being cast alongside Adam Sandler. This is a film for Netflix. It's not one of Adam Sandler's comedies like Sandy Wexler, Hubby Halloween. This is going to be more of a drama than a comedy, I would say. The film follows an astronaut who finds his life falling to pieces and he turns to the only voice who can help him, which happens to be a creature from the beginning of time. I mean, again, this is an Adam Sandler film. It sounds so deep. far removed. It sounds deep, man. Doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds so far removed from being a Sandler film, but but it is, and it's coming to Netflix. But, you know, I, I get so excited when it's like Sandler's doing drama again. You know, I'm like, yes. Like, Uncut Gems came out. I was like, yes. 
you know, like I uh, look back at all of his dramas that he's done. Um, all of them are slipping. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rain Over Me. Spanglish, uh, I guess, is a comedy Spang- drama. Yeah, it was. But you've oh, yeah. humorous bits too, but Rain drama, Over yeah. Me and Punch Drunk Love, they're the big two. And then, yeah, yeah Uncut Gems. We, we did a review of Uncut Gems, and I was almost a nervous wreck by the end of that movie. Just like anxiety <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> like, so oh, very, stressful. very stressful. Very yeah, stressful. very stressful. Uh, Sandler, he's great doing. Um, uh, just doing drama so it's a shame that we didn't get to talk about this when it was first announced obviously when we were on hiatus but uh, Kerry Mulligan she I recently just saw her in um, Promising Young Woman nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards which would have already been and gone by the time this episode is out um, she might have won Best Actress who knows that movie might have won Best Picture, but she is was pretty damn good in that movie. So uh, it always comes down to talent. She seems to be very talented. So putting her up against Sandler in this drama piece, sci-fi drama kind of thing, sounds good. Can't argue with it. All right, our last movie news story, Father of the Bride. Um, Gloria Estefan is set to play Andy Garcia's wife in the Father of the Bride reboot. Um, and we've also got their daughter who will be portrayed by Adria Arjona. This, is story, that the news? this story is, is purely here because on the movie show where I first talked about Andy Garcia being cast, you called me out on it as being a story that stuck out from all the others. And I thought, well, fair enough. But we've started now, so we're going to carry on this journey. <laughs> and if there's any news regarding the Father of the Bride reboot, we'll keep you posted. Do we want to discuss the news or just move on to... I think we've done it. We... TV Glory news Estefan it is. is going to play the mum and <laughs> Andy Garcia is the dad. So TV news. <laughs> TV news. Amelia Clark is in final negotiations to join the cast of Secret Invasion. She will appear alongside Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Kingsley Ben Adir, and Olivia Coleman in the upcoming Marvel series. So this is one of the new Disney Plus shows. I mean, another another big name uh, to add. I mean, I, I can't say talent-wise up there with those other names, although I enjoy her, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, But coming off, obviously, something like Game of Thrones, she's done a few movies sort of during and uh, after that. But I guess this would be her next big sort of thing. Um, I reckon, yeah, a big get. That's a big get, a big name. I know people like it. I like it. And since we last spoke about Secret Invasion, it's Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman that have been added to the cast. Oh, so Olivia, well, Olivia Coleman. That's 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 all your talent. Again, another. I think she's another Best Actress nomination. Again, pretty sure could have won by now. <laughs> the favorite. I'm pretty sure she won for that. Oh yeah, good stuff. But yeah, like great. She's a really good actress. So, again, yeah, look, Marvel keeps doing it. Talent, talent, talent. And Amelia Clark. <laughs> She's talented. Um, she did that I feel one like movie. I'm, we all like her. I feel like I'm, I'm under, I'm under 
talking to her, but no, nah, she's she's good. I enjoy her. I mean, from my perspective, you've been praising her a hell of a lot, so you're not. Oh, I did because I feel like I started with, well, she's not up there with like, you know, Ben Kingsley, <laughs> Olivia Coleman, but you know, whatever. All good. Let's move on because I feel like I made it weird, but no, very exciting, very exciting. Secret invasion. All right, Resident Alien. Um, we've got a renewal for a second season at Sci-Fi. An alien crashes on Earth and hides in a remote Colorado mountain town after assuming the identity of the town doctor. His nefarious mission is threatened when he realises one of the townspeople, a nine-year-old boy, can see his true alien form. So you've spoke about this show multiple times. I think you've recommended, well, you, you have recommended it on this show and you even did a Sounds Like Comics episode looking at season one. So I'm guessing you are keen for season two. I'm just going to say, I absolutely love the show. It's, there it, is. <laughs> it is fantastic. Alan Tudyk trying to act human is really an alien. <laughs> There's, it's just, honestly, it is such a fun show. I highly, highly recommend it. Here in Australia, it is airing on Channel 9, which for me is pretty strange. Has it only just started airing? It's airing on Channel 9. None of the streaming services picked it up. It's not available on iTunes. Normally, this type of show would go to, say, Foxtel, Netflix, whoever. Sure. <laughs> not the case. It's airing after Lego Masters on Channel 9. Oh. So that's where you can check it out here in Australia. But that's, honestly... That's my problem. I'm watching, I'm watching Lego Masters on the Nine Now app uh, on Catch right. Up, so I haven't... But you know what? That probably means... It's on the app. Yes. But if you're watching it live, Tuesdays, Channel 9, 9 o'clock. I'm never normally that specific for when you can actually watch a TV <laughs> show. But honestly, this show is, is fantastic. It really is. Now, it is a show in the US that aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, but it's an Amblin TV show. So it's got really good production value, a great cast, and it's, it's, it's a comedy. It's funny. What more do you want? Highly, highly recommend. And I remember the the last time you talked about it and you mentioned the Amblin. Yeah, that was the hook for me. Um, so, and this is yeah, not even the recommend section. This is just TV news. I want to well, keep that's on going. It, that's it. <laughs> ah, but we're getting more of it. And, you know, I mean, I the worst thing is when you start a show and it gets cancelled. So the fact that they've got, they've got a second season, all right, so far, so good. All right, and it's available to me now. I'll finally check it out. The CW has revealed a first look at the Powerpuff Girls live-action series, starring Chloe Bennett as Blossom, Dove Cameron as Bubbles, and Yana Perlute as Buttercup. Yeah. Now, first we got we actually got some like yeah you know, like some set photos. It was obviously unofficial behind the scenes. Yes, yeah. they look to be wearing the costumes from the animated series. What we're getting here in this first look image. They're wearing their trademark colours or the colours we know them by, only it's not the classic costumes. Oh, it looks like they're going out clubbing or something. Like they, you know, they they go into a nightclub. They they, I mean, they look good. I mean, I like I shared it with you, and then you made it. You pointed out the fact that oh, they're not wearing the costumes from the show, oh, and then I found upset. an image from a fan film that had been made 
and they were wearing the costumes from the show, and you pointed out it looks like porn. And I think that's the it reason why. Like porn. That's and it, it wasn't. Like, well, it was just a fan film. But I think with that, that with that, the, that's the reason why the like, hey, let's give them trendy clothing. They're just going to stick with their colours. To be fair, with that with that fan film that you that you sent me the image of, like <laughs> the boobs on those actresses were were quite large. I mean, they might have been natural or whatever to those actresses, but they were quite like it, it did look like porn. I'm, I'm just saying, um, and the you know the 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 behind the scenes photos that we got of them in their traditional costume. I mean, that didn't look like porn. I still got a weird feeling and felt like I was looking at something I shouldn't be, but it you know it didn't look like porn. So yeah, I, hope I, I know, I know, but still those traditional costumes. You, but you know, either way, as, couldn't do whatever. You couldn't do the whole show that way. So for me, I'm fine. I mean, if I'm, I, I can't yeah, believe, I'm fine. I can't believe how much time we spent talking about this um, live-action show. But much like Father of the Bride, we have to commit to these stories now, I'm guessing. We have to continue I mean, to track true. this show that's true. until it airs and we decide whether or not we actually watch it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to because it sounds like comics are going to review it, so, you know. Wow. Not it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case I just watched the first episode and decided not to watch it anymore, I don't want to commit to anything. What I will be committing to, however, is um, How I Met Your Father. So Hilary Duff will star in Hulu's upcoming How I Met Your Mother sequel series, How I Met Your Father. The 10-episode comedy will feature Duff's character, Sophie, telling her son the story of how she met her father in the year 2021. So. I'm quite excited for this. Were you a fan of How I Met Your Mother? I've seen most of it. I didn't see how it cool. ended. I heard how it ended. And for, well, you for met the, the mother. Part, um, <laughs> but who it ended up being. Like, for the most part, yeah, I, I'm not a fan, if I'm honest. Like, I watched it and liked it. I'm not excited about a spin-off or a sequel series. <laughs> I mean, I, it will be something... New, I'm guessing it'll be you know new characters, new story. Obviously, we've got a new setting in time. Who knows? It might not even be set in New York. Um, hopefully, it is. Hopefully, there are potentials for like characters to maybe come back. But hey, you know how that how that original series was structured. You know, it was it was being told from like the year 2030 or something back in you know whenever the show started, like 2005 or something like that. And then it went on. So I guess they're following that same formula. It'll be told. Hilary Duff will be in the future, but being telling the story set in present day, obviously 2021. So, you know, and you, I've read that it's got the same producers sort of attached, the creators of the original series. So hopefully tonally it's all the same. Obviously it wasn't, you weren't a big fan, but uh, yeah, I, I was. So I watched I'm it looking in- forward. I watched it and enjoyed it for the most part, but I wasn't necessarily a fan of it. It was just something to watch. But Hilary Duff, though, like, so she's going to be the mum in the past, isn't she? She's not going to be the mum in the future. Oh, like, no, they'll probably get someone to voice the narration. You know, like when she's older, like but she's going to be the main actress yeah, like in, the, in the past. So she's the mum in 2021. Yeah, yeah. She'll be the yeah. act. She'll be the Ted Mosby, like, equivalent you know, Brett Radner or whatever his name is, but they'll probably have a, a, a Bob Saget equivalent voicing her voice. 
I wonder who it will be. Look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited. And, you know, like Hilary Duff, you know, she was all set to play like a, I'm a, a grown-up Lizzie McGuire thing for Disney, Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever. I don't know what it was for. Um, but then Disney ended up canning it. So I'm glad she's getting an opportunity to play like, you know, again, in a sitcom role, but something a little bit more mature for her. She's done dramas and stuff, but so this will be fun just to see her sort of have a fun little role. I've just noticed I've made a mistake here. I'm going to carry on with the story, but it's not actually a TV news story. It's a movie show story, and I don't want to disregard it. Technically, what are you doing? Netflix movie, you're watching at home, on TV. (laughs) This has never happened, but I thought I'd just highlight the fact that this is the mistake, and it'll save me editing it later on. Let me. This is the worst. This is the worst <laughs> muck up since I said this, that. Jack Snyder's Justice a... League was my most anticipated TV show. This is a shambles. <laughs> what are we on? This is episode two hundred and eighty of the podcast. But I, I can't not carry on. I mean, it's a, it's a Kevin James story, so I've got to I've got to include it. And again, it's going to be something airing on Netflix. Let me just get to it. Kevin James is going to play Saints coach Sean Payton in a Netflix movie called Home Team. The movie is based on when Peyton was suspended in 2012 and coached his son's sixth grade football team. Peyton says the movie will have a humorous Adam Sandler spin to it. My takeaway, they couldn't get Sandler. They've got James, but it's all good. That's exactly what happened. I do like how in, in, the, in what you've prepped for this story, you did write movie three times. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought... I think it's because I'm thinking Kevin James has currently got the crew on Netflix, which is a TV series. Yeah. Anyway, clearly. Look, this, yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, I feel like I have to program my mind back to movie news. We're in a different <laughs> place now. Um, this sounds okay. This sounds like a James, a Kevin James Netflix movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I'm it doesn't sound like. Now. I'm conflicted. I could have like just completely ignored this story and just carried on. No, nobody would ever have known that I had this mix-up, but it happened. But at the end, look, at the end of the day, it is a Kevin James movie on Netflix, and we would have probably checked it out one way or another. Probably do a review. I don't More know. than likely, you heard it. So here first. we might as well start <laughs> talking about it. So now, there we go. Even if it's so that is TV. the movie, not TV series, Home Team. And now back to TV news. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> um, let's talk the Continental. Uh, this is the upcoming John Wick spin-off series, uh, which will be a prequel set in 1970s New York. This will focus on a young version of the character Winston from the films and how he came to, came to infiltrate the hotel. Um, the first season will consist of three 90-minute episodes. Which is an interesting, yeah, pretty long episode. That's that's, which that's is an long. interesting that's approach. You know, it's something that they do in the UK for like um, uh, crime dramas. Like they'll have a whole season be made up of two or three ninety-minute episodes. It's almost more like so, a miniseries. Yeah, more so ITV are doing it, but yeah, but it's still like it's a series of a show. So instead of like breaking it up into like two parts, they'll put it out as a ninety-minute like TV movie or episode of a show. And that's what they sound to be doing here. That's right. And in terms of John Wick spin-off, 
you're you're keen, aren't you? You'll be. I like those movies. You know, you know, we're expecting John Wick Four, and we know the Continental. It features prominently, and we're going to get more of a backstory. Is it? Yeah, TV is a good place to tell that story. Lionsgate TV are behind the Continental, but also they've got a couple of other properties that they are developing. American Psycho and Saw. We're getting Spiral, which is the new Saw movie with Chris Rock. So I'm assuming that's going to be separate, but on the small screen, American Psycho, the movie starred Jason Bateman. They're going to do a TV series and Saw as a TV series. And you know, for the first time last night, I actually watched Jigsaw, which is the only Saw film that I'd not seen. I don't know if I don't even know if I need more Saw to be honest. I'm interested in Spiral, which is why I went back and rewatched yeah. Jigsaw. But I don't know if I need to watch a weekly Saw TV series. American Psycho without Christian Bale. We've had that before. We've have you seen American Psycho 2? No. It's a direct home release movie with Mila Kunis, who plays, I think she's like the babysitter. There's Patrick Bateman's character, and the babysitter kills him. But if you think back right, to that okay. movie, the twist is that it's... Anyway, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Like, that, uh, that sounds direct shit. to home <laughs> movie just kind of undid that first movie starring Christian Bale. Yeah. So I don't know if I need American Psycho and Saw on TV. They're both in development, but the Continental, the John Wick spin-off. I'm here for that one, at least. Yes, at least um with uh, I guess what I can speak to more so is probably Saw. I got more of a, a connection to Saw. You know, like the the movie franchise obviously did hit a bit of a low with its last like two movies. Um, people say last like five movies, but um, particularly the last two. Um, Spiral looks like it's something similar, but like very different. So you know, it could be something really fresh to it. Um, Potentially, they could reinvent Saw or, or bring it back to its roots. And I mean, it, it, it would work as like a procedural sort of thing, you know, like different sort of crimes in the vein of Jigsaw or like, I don't know, an overall, an overarching story of like, I don't know, a new killer mimicking it. I don't know. I Who mean, knows? crime films, you know, whether it's horror, thriller, have worked on the small screen before. I mean, we're currently getting the Clarice TV series. That's okay for the most part. But Spiral is them doing something different with Saw. Mm. Let that happen first. But they're actively developing it on the small screen as well. Tonally, is it going to be as gory as what they put on the big screen? Is that what people want? Are you going to alienate the audience (laughs) by putting... I don't know... Both these stories, uh, I'm I'm not interested if I'm honest in both of these stories, but it's something something worth talking about. But like it's it's a conversation starter, interesting, interesting stuff. All right, that's it for um TV news. So let's get into our recommends. What have you got for us? I'm going to recommend Black Hammer Volume One 
Secret Origins. Are you familiar at all with the Black Hammer comic series? I have no idea what you're talking about. So enlighten me. Explain. <laughs> it's an ongoing comic series created by Jeff Lemire and artist Dean Armston, published by Dark Horse Comics. Ten years ago, Black Hammer and six other superheroes had saved Spiral City from the anti-god, but in the process became trapped in Rockwood, a timeless twilight zone east town. Shortly after the heroes arrived, Black Hammer died. In the present, the six heroes live on Black Hammer Farm with very little hope of ever escaping Rockwood. I had put off this series for many, many years. I had heard that it's perfect for if you're a fan of DC Comics because you're getting um, like skewed or horror takes on those characters. And that really is what it is, but there's also some Marvel elements in there as well. So it's been running for a number of years now and there's been like multiple spin-offs. We've had Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil. We've had Doctor Andromeda and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows and many more spin-offs and sequel series. And it, it really is excellent. So it's a comic that I've been reading a lot of lately, uh, but specifically, Going back to the beginning, Black Hammer, Volume 1, Secret Origins. It's like a six-part miniseries collected in one trade, and it's a lot of fun. And it's one of those stories where, oh, that's the Superman character. That's the Batman character. But it really is a lot of fun. But with it being a Dark Horse comic and not DC, everything's told through like a darker lens. There's grit to it. But it really is interesting. But a lot of the time you're reading about characters and it's the Black Hammer version of a character that you're familiar with. And there's a lot of fun to be had with that. So that is my recommend. Black Hammer. All right. Sounds good. All right. What I've done recently, now we know that um, the Academy Awards, the Oscars are coming up. Um, and for us recording this, um, is before the Oscars have uh, sort of been and gone. But um, by the time we post this, it all would have been all said and done. Um, but what I've done in anticipation is actually done a watch of all of the upcoming uh, Best Picture nominations. Now, by the time you're hearing this, like Nomadland has probably won the uh, Best Picture Award already. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Um, but basically, my recommend is going to be my pick for Best Picture. So if you're listening to this and this movie doesn't win, oh, well, I was wrong. But this is the movie that I believe should win and my recommend for this fortnight that we've got here, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, it's on Netflix, so easily accessible. It's a, now don't let this uh, turn you off, but a historical legal drama. Um, it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. It follows the Chicago 7, a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intention of inciting riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. There's heaps of um, actors in this from... Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, even Michael Keaton makes an appearance. Um, Eddie Redmayne, like there's heaps. Ben Shankman, 
lots of names. Um, you know, I, I was just going into this being like, all right, cool. Court drama. Let's see how we go. But on the edge of my freaking seat the whole time. Um, I could go into detail about all the other, um, the other best picture nominees and, you know, what I liked about them and didn't and, and how this one compared. But this one is just a front runner for me in terms of like, the best experience I've had with all the movies. So um, yeah, I'm putting it out there. It's um, and it's an interesting piece of history. I wasn't familiar with before looking into it. It's, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. The stuff that, that went on and just the courtroom stuff, the, the, um, the judge that's in place The you'll watch this movie and just be like, is this real? Like what this actually happened? Um, yeah. So something different from me. But uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix. Once again, I'm glad that I went first this time because I wouldn't want to follow that with comic books. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> Bit of variety <laughs> with our recommends. Hey, can go either way. Next week I'll recommend a cartoon or something. I don't know. We'll <laughs> mix it up. Um, all righty. So with all of that done, got a bit of trivia here. Now, the last story that we had was, you know, we mentioned Saw a little bit and I struggled to find any other trivia. So I just went, it was like, hey, what kind of Saw trivia can I find? This isn't a lot, but what I got was, I didn't actually know this, the puppet, the jigsaw puppet was actually completely made from scratch by Lee Wanell himself. So it wasn't a bought puppet. He constructed the whole thing. I think he probably had a bit of help from a few hands here and there, but essentially he made the whole puppet himself um and i also found this pretty interesting as well according to an interview with uh lee wanell adam and lawrence the two characters in the film were originally going to be trapped in an elevator rather than the bathroom which i thought would have made for a very different well completely different film uh, different scenes different atmosphere i don't know where the uh you know we've there still would have been a leg cutting opportunity in the in that in the elevator but who knows thought it was just interesting that there was a different take potentially taking place i think the the one that went would be definitely the best choice that first movie was excellent and nobody had any idea what it was going to be surprised everybody some people say in that first movie there's not even a they're not actually in a trap they're just Locked in just there, but but as the films have progressed, everything's had to escalate. But some people say, (laughs) Oh, I I guess the twist all along. I don't know about those people because I was very much, I I was, you know, I would watch it in a group and we were all along for the ride, and and it was a great reveal. Those films, what's the what's the the actor's name, Tobin Tobin Bell? Bell. You know, he was actually physically there. I mean, this is a spoiler, but who cares? The movie's sold now. He was physically there on set, laid down, face down the entire time. It wasn't a body double. It wasn't a different actor. It wasn't a puppet or anything. He was there in the middle. Really interesting trivia. I mean, that's probably more interesting (laughs) than my actual trivia. I mean, I I didn't say that. Get out of here. Really interesting (laughs) trivia. (laughs) I didn't know that. You're right. It could have just been a body double. It didn't need to be him. Oh, he was... So I guess the actors actually knew that, that... Oh, I mean, I guess, unless they knew the... I don't know if they knew I'm the sure they read the scripts. Or... The actors knew. But it was... <laughs> oh, a, but sometimes... It was a great twist. Yeah. And that's what I was alluding to earlier, like watching Jigsaw. Like, 
that nothing, and there'd been a gap between the last Saw movie, Jigsaw was supposed to start everything off again. And that movie did nothing that we'd not seen before in those previous movies. Oh, it was anything, silly. Reminded me of the second movie. But anyway, Spiral. You know the best part of the Jigsaw, of the, of the Saw movies are? When like everything's sort of being revealed at the end and you got that music and it's just like, I know, but for me, on, man. It's with just every, every new Saw movie and they showed a, another sequence of what was really happening behind what you were seeing and all the help that Jigsaw was getting, it just took away from it. It took away from those first movies. Like you're finding out that it wasn't just him, but all these anyway. The more movies they made, the lesser <laughs> it made those first oh, movies for me. I still, I had fun with it. I had fun with the whole series. So, um, but that's all right. Um, well, that's it for our movie show. Uh, please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Mortal Kombat. Rewind and Review took us back to 1995 to look at the original Mortal Kombat film. And Sounds Like Comics have two recent episodes, Resident Alien Season 1 and RIPD from 2013. Stay tuned for our upcoming review of Wrath of Man. Quick disclaimer, here in Perth, Western Australia, we are currently in a four-day lockdown. All goes well. Lockdown will be lifted. We'll be back at the cinema. If we can't make it back, we'll put another movie in its place. But the plan is certainly to do Wrath of Man. Um, Yeah, so hopefully we can get that one done. Um, But for now, that's it. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.